This is Spray Makers, a podcast that dives deep into the world of water skiing with your hosts, Chris Rossi and Trent Finlayson. Welcome to episode three. This week, the boys will discuss skiing and adverse conditions and what you can do to step up your game. Give it a listen. And don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends about Spray Makers. Enjoy. Man, Moomba's always bad. Sometimes it's better than others. Some rounds are better than others. Some, some you know, 10-minute blocks are better than others. But this year looked especially challenging through some of it. Um, what, uh, what, what sort of stood out for you? Oh, I, well, I definitely think that this year had the, uh, had the, uh, you had to have your a game on and, uh, and you had to have things go your way in order to be in, in that deal. Uh, watching, watching, I'd, I'd actually got to watch, I think all of the slalom end of things. I mean, I would have liked to watch it all, but it, you know, time, time constraints didn't work out, but like, you know, the dudes like watching the first round to the second round to the third round, that evolution of like, you know, like uh guys like john travers you know like first round i i he looked timid man and he squeaked yeah. through you know like he he went out there he's like yeah it's moomba and you could see that he was like hesitating a little bit feeling the water out like you know all that kind of stuff and then to see the next round evolution like oh here comes john he's on it he's he's charging you know and then like when you see like that evolution through the whole tournament that's the thing that i noticed most was the guy the people that were uh, guys and women that were that were being successful were the ones that w- had a game plan and were like attacking. You know, they they yes. were not waiting to see what happens. And yeah. you know, and and I think the best skiers were in the finals. I mean, I, it was a bummer to lose Will Asher and to lose Freddie Winter. And you know, guys that you expect to to you know possibly win this thing, but like and, they su- weren't and ready. surprising though, and surprising man, because I mean, who's if you're going to go through that list and and you're going to like start assigning grit to certain skiers? I mean, both of those guys are going to get a handful, man. Uh, Super I mean, surprising. Yeah, I mean, but that's that's why Moomba is so exciting. That's one of the reasons why you want to watch. And I mean, for me, I mean, I, actually, I think the biggest question mark in my mind about the finals was why did they hold the finals at like eight thirty in the morning? Like you're you're talking slalom at Moomba, probably one of the most watched events, and you hold it yeah. too early in the morning. Like I want to ask the the organizers, like, was that because it was low tide or or you know, that it was going to be better for the skiers or what? Because like watching the women's slalom, I was kind of like, wait, what's going on here? This is Moomba. They should be packed on shore. And then I had to yeah. double check the time frame there. And I'm like, oh, well, they're skiing at 9 a.m. I mean, everybody, it's a festival. Like who's up at nine? Yeah. Yeah. Surprising. But you know what? That, that got me kind of thinking like, th- I think uh, it would be really cool to talk about exactly that. Like, um, skiing in, in, in adverse or challenging conditions. Cause you know, m- you know, maybe not all of us are going to ski a, 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 at Moomba one day, but we're all going to be, you know, whether at a tournament somewhere or just, you know, even at your home site practicing. And, and I think there's a lot of misconception about, um, how to handle some of the different environmental factors, um, that, that, that can pop up. I, you know, it's funny. That's a, I think, it, I think it's a, a super awesome topic because, uh, I, I just see so many people, at, I mean, even at the pro level events, you know, like so many people that don't have the game plan or, um, they're, they're psyched out before they even ski. And so, yeah, they, they, you know, you, they go out there like, well, I want to run this and, and, and they don't live up to live up to that. And they're like, well, it was windy. So, you know, I guess. And, and in my mind, I expect to ski the same buoys, whether it's white capping or it's, yeah. it's class. And there's a lot of factors that go into being able to accomplish that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're right. And, and, you know, even watching Moomba, you know, like, why is it that, 
you know, this skier looks like the conditions are absolutely perfect. And, and, and three minutes later, this gear makes it look incredibly difficult. And I think it's exactly like, you know, like, like, like you said, you expect to run the same thing every time. So, um, I, I know before we get into like this, you know, I think we should cover all the specific, you know, uh, variables that we, that you might encounter and, and, and how to game plan each one. But I, I mean, looking back at, especially the earlier part of my career and, and, and even some of my Moombas, like the biggest mistake I made was, was, that misconception that you that you need to be a little bit cautious or or even like silly things like you know hey you need to be extra soft with your knees and i can remember skiing moomba trying to have extra soft knees and it's just it's a train wreck man like it, it it's like <clears throat> you know the last thing you want to do when conditions are, are are chunky or 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 anything is 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 do anything that's going to minimize your speed i mean you want you want full speed, just sort of, sort of like mountain biking or, or, or snow skiing. Like sometimes when, when things get dodgy, like going as fast as possible is actually the safest way through. And, it, and it's the same thing in slalom. Like you don't want to be cautious. You don't want to be checking your speed. You don't, even the, the idea of extra soft knees in these bumpy conditions, it, it, uh, it, it can just throw off your rhythm and throw off, throw off your speed and throw off your line. And you're going to end up in, in, in a far more trouble than if you had just skied it as if the conditions, you know, weren't any different. Uh, I mean, I, I only know how to ski one way. I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of the bottom line and like doing anything else drastic without, uh, doing anything else for my skiing wise to me is just, uh, is just putting myself in that place where I'm doing something that I'm not accustomed to. So I just took myself out of the game before I even started. Yeah. Yeah. And then even just like, you know, relaying this back to Moomba last weekend, you, you watched, you know, no one looked better through 38 than Nick Adams. He looked, he looked incredible. The conditions did look like they, you know, it looked like he was skiing at Okahili Park in, in West Palm Beach through 38. And then 39, all of a sudden, you know, he, he had a slower gait and, and a more conservative line. And all of a sudden it's like, holy crap, like it was completely taken out of his game. Or if you, you know, fast forward to the Gatsby looked like he made every pass look like it was glassy. So um, I think that's exactly it. Like sticking to your game plan. So, <clears throat> you know, uh, let, let's just go through some of the different scenarios then. Like, do you, let's just, we'll start with the real simple stuff. Like, like just go over, um, you know, if you make any changes for a headwind specifically. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. Like I, I always believe that you have to, uh, you have to understand things first before you can make your game plan before yeah. you can then execute. So I think that's why we yes. want to start this way. It's like, all right, let's just take typical headwind. Like every, just about every skier in the world is like, oh, I just love a headwind. Well, what, what's actually, <laughs> what's actually happening there, right? Like what's happening? Okay. We've got, we've got wind that's coming at us or, or we are going through, trying to go through wind. So wind, yeah. uh, like the, in my mind, wind is friction, right? Like yes. we're trying to generate speed, not kill speed. So yes. in a weird way for me, I look at a headwind as a, as a negative, um, 100%. you know, if I, if I have my game plan set, right, uh, a headwind is annoying because it's just always fighting every movement that I'm trying to make that, um, that could be positive and it takes it away. So yeah. Okay. I can get away with more things, but so a headwind. So, so explain that real quickly before, before we move forward then. Cause I think this will, this will blow people's minds. Why can you get away with, with certain mistakes in a headwind? Well, I think, I think people have, um, well, that goes back to like core, like one of my core technique things, right? Like when I look at water skiing, if you were to go, uh, if you were to go 300 feet above the lake, 
I want to see your ski edge change right behind the boat. You know, yes. when you pass that center line, which is the pylon right behind the boat, that handle starts to curve in towards the buoy after that. And so it, it is our goal to try to have the ski transitioning through the wakes so that when you land on the second side of the wakes, you're already on your turning edge and yes. then you're riding the line out. I think you and I would, 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 would agree with that one. Yeah. Um, I think that most people have technical, uh, either flaws or, um, things that they haven't addressed yet in their skiing. And what happens is they don't accelerate enough from uh, finish of the turn through center line. And when you don't have enough speed, you know, instinct, it's an instinctual motion. Like, you know, you're not going to make it out to the buoy. So what do you do? You end up pulling long. Well, at the, the longer that you stay pulling after that center line, the more, t the more that rope is going to load. And the more there's a point at which you cannot keep pulling like that and still make the buoy. And what happens is you get pulled to the inside at that much higher of a rate, that much faster and actually lose more ground. So in a headwind, you can get away with it because now you've pulled this extra long. You've got this crazy narrow speed that's really kind of just pegging you right at the buoy. But as you stand up and reach, you have that deceleration of the wind to drag you down to a speed that you can make a turn. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so and, and further give you and then and further give you rope support earlier that you're going to need because everything's tipped to the inside. Like you're basically not riding your ski anymore. You're you're basically it's a controlled fall, and that's like that's that kind of makes up a, a, a lot of people's turns. So that yeah, so that that's why that headwind can sometimes you know what can feel easy, especially you know if you've made a mistake or if you know you have a fundamental flaw to begin with, right. So in a headwind, you're dealing with um, a lot of body friction uh, through the wind. And then the other thing you're dealing with is uh, ski, ski oscillation is what I call it. You know, the water actually being texturized, uh, going from glass to a slight, a slight breeze. You know, I like that. You know, I like the water to not be glass. I, I appreciate just a little bit of texture on the water. I think that breaks up the surface tension of the water, which is a whole nother topic we can, you know, at least spit on, but, uh, and talk about, but, um, you know, so you, you've got the ski oscillation too. So the windier it gets in a headwind, the more your ski is going to bounce and move around and mess with your, let's just say your balance platform. Right. Yep. So headwind, you know, you're dealing with the, the wind always taking away your speed and you're dealing with a lot of bump, you know, and those are the two things for me that stick out in my mind on that deal. Um, how about you? Um, yeah, I mean, exactly, exactly that. Like, I think the biggest misconception is, you know, and it, and it, <laughs> it kind of like grates on my nerves when I hear like really good skiers saying it, but like, oh man, like I didn't pull long enough into that wind. And it's like, oh no, no you know, that, that's, that's not, that's, that's not it. So like, I think the biggest misconception, you do not need to pull longer in a headwind. Absolutely uh, not. <clears throat> unless again, unless there is a fundamental flaw, a lack of acceleration and, and you're, you know, you routinely have to pull through the second whitewash and you're routinely running straighter, slower lines into the buoy. <clears throat> um, you know, you, but your game plan should not to be pulled, should not be to pull longer um from the transition point to your apex <clears throat> it is going to take a fraction of a second longer to get there so that that's maybe where that misconception is born from you know like it, it's you're going to hit your you know from point a to point b being transitioned to apex it's going to take the, the tiniest fraction of a second longer to get there because again there's more resistance it's it's taking you longer to, to swing to that high spot um the only 
So what, you do, game, so what do you do at that? What, what's your move so, in that? What, so, so for everyone yeah. that's listening, like what, what, so yeah. what do you describe? Simple, 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 simple headwind. I, I'm going to pull out and depending on the strength of the headwind, I'm going to pull out, um, incrementally later, um, mm-hmm. on my gate setup because I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to slow down to my ideal turn in speed sooner. So all I'm doing is as I'm moving my gate pullout into the course, other than that, not a thing. I don't make one other adjustment. Wait, you don't pull longer. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the whole thing. Like just like do the same things that you do, but, yeah. but understand what the wind does to you, how it affects you. And then just adjust your game plan to that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. walk us through. Okay. So we've got, we've got a little bit of discussion into headwind. Um, at least what it is, you know, um, what about tailwind? Like, so, and again, the same thing. And, that, and that's why I keep this so simple for, for people And you know, and again, it's appreciating what is it, what's the wind, what's, you know, what's wind, how is it affecting you? So tailwind, it, you know, it's pushing you, it's behind you. You, you obviously are, are going to hold your speed better. So that's, you know, again, like if all things are running correctly, like a slight tailwind is, is, is absolutely beneficial especially at the shorter lines when when you know approach when reaching a higher point on the boat is 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 obviously you know critical so tailwind i'm just going to pull out a little bit later you know and it it's you know to give you an exact distance per mile an hour is going to be hard because that's all perception but in my mind you know like a like a 10 mile an hour tailwind i'm going to pull out five feet later but again that's you know those are very arbitrary numbers but that's you know that's exactly what it is. I'm going to pull out earlier in a tailwind because I'm going to hold my my speed longer in the glide because of you know less resistance. And I'm going to pull out later in a headwind, and and really that's that's it. I um if if the if the wind is, is light, you know five eight ten mile an hour, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a tailwind on my hardest pass. Yep. I mean, right there, you're just gonna people are gonna be like, wait, 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 what? What just happened? You know, like you're you're gonna go tailwind on your pass, like. You know, and, and I think that that comes down to having good, um, having a good understanding of what you're, you're actually trying to accomplish out there. Like where should my edge change be, uh, you know, or transition or whatever you want to call it. And, um, you know, I mean, going back to Moomba, like one thing, one of the things that I thought that, uh, T-Gas just, he, he's unbelievable at is knowing that no matter what kind of turn he gets mm-hmm. from where he hooks up to that boat, he knows how much work he needs to get done by center line. Exactly. And so, you know, when he's cruising, then he's just cruising from finish of the turn through center line. When mm-hmm. he gets a bad turn and you're like, oh, he's screwed. And, and, and he gas is kind of the king at this, you know, like he's, he doesn't always run that high early line. Like he might be super late, you know, but he gets it done. Why does he get it yep. done? Because he understands like you cannot pull past center line. I just yep. need to get more work done between whenever my hookup is through center line and then trust that that has enough to get me to the point that I need to make my turn at the next buoy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's why, like, especially, you know, on, on his, um, two, four side, he's got, he's got these, you know, kind of messy turns, but, but that, that's, that's when you, you know, watching someone like that, you can, that's when you start to realize like, okay, the turn is not that important, you know, like, I mean, the turn is a result of, of, of line and speed and, and, but as long as, as long as once you do get, you know, your ski through that you, that you, you know, now acceleration becomes your priority and, and, and then trusting that, that it's enough. Like, uh, it's, it's a question I get all the time is, is it, it drives, um, 
especially, you know, 34 mile an hour skiers, like some of the, some of the guys in my division, it drives them nuts that Regina can wheelie five turns and, and never, never look like she's even panicked at 39. And it, and that's, and again, it's that exact same reason. She's super high on the boat when she is wheeling. And, and then once her tip gets back in the water, she, she accelerates into the first wake and, and she trusts which, which she's, you know, that what she's done is, is going to be enough. Exactly. Exactly. But, but Trent on a tailwind, I'm going to be, it's going to be too fast. So I have to go easy and gentle and early. I got to turn in really early and just go easy. Right. Like, isn't that, isn't that the game? Like that's the common game plan you see, but is that the game plan? And, and I can remember, but, and I can remember doing that. I can remember like, you know, trying to, Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to add change earlier into, into a tailwind. But then, you know, when I started restructuring all, you know, my approach to skiing 10 years ago, I was like, okay, well, the transition point is a transition point. So if I'm trying to transition through the center line, obviously earlier isn't an option yet, you know? Um, and, and again, like, I'm like really light, like, well, I'm, I'm never really trying to pull that hard anyway. So, so how is really light going to help me more in a, in a tailwind? So it's, it's, yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, be confident, make that, make the adjustment on your gate with confidence. Cause you know that that's the only, you know, adjustment that's required and then just ski the pass, you know, hit your marks, you know, high point to center line, high point to center line. It's the same whether a headwind or tailwind. The only difference inside the course is, is like I touched on earlier in a headwind, it is going to take you a fraction longer to get to your apex. And in a tailwind, you're going to get there sooner, you know? But, right. Um, so you just have to match the rhythm of your, you know, whatever your wave that you're riding or the, the rhythm that you're riding or setting, you have to match that to the wind that you have going. Yeah. You know? And then, I mean, like for me, like I look at people like, like if you go back and you say, and we talk about and beat up that, 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 uh, faulty way of looking at running tailwinds, you know, which, which is pull out early, glide a long time, turn in easy, go easy. Well, when you do that approach, you pulled out early, you, uh, you are trying to shed your shedding speed, you know, just for a longer period of time by rolling in earlier, you're getting your ski angle set later, which means you're starting to get your side to side speed later. So when you come into center line, you haven't generated the speed uh, and, and angles to get that proper release into one. So what happens? You end up actually pulling long. Now you pulled long with push. We have wind push in your, <laughs> in your game. And so what happens is now you're still going outward bound when you're coming to the buoy with the wind pushing you. And you're like, man, I try to make a turn, but there's no rope. And so, you know, like that's just the game plan. It's just not having the right game plan and understanding it. And like, so one of the things that I learned from, um, uh, that, or it's not that I learned, but like in skiing with Mapple, you know, we were chatting about it and, and he described a tailwind as having a, um, an air pocket below you, like an air balloon. Hmm. And so what he said is you go through those gates, like it's, you know, like it's 41 on every pass. Like you, you go, I mean, and then I learned that from him anyway, but like yeah. that you, once you commit, you go try to get your speed by center line, trust that, that, that speed that you're feeling isn't a bad speed, let that handle go and really extend yourself away, which is really the opposite of what people and, and you see the attack happen in real life. People get timid. They don't go as hard. When they edge change, the ski stays more underneath them. And in that realm, if you just look at physics, if your ski is more underneath you longer, then it's going to be flatter. 
Mm-hmm. Now we're on a flatter ski. Flatter ski has more is, is, is less likely to cut through those waves as to oscillate through them. So now you've got your feet and your, your platform moving more and, and, and oscillating more. And now you're at a high rate of speed and trying to make a, a perfect turn. So like Maple's idea in my mind was stuck really well because it's like, go, go hard, edge change right behind the boat like you normally would, ride it for a second. And then when it's time, let it go. Like let that ski go away from you. Like really really lay into that turn almost like it was like a that like it's glass and that it's perfect conditions like you have to trust yeah. that that wind is actually going to hold you up in a tailwind yeah. where whereas when you're in a headwind you are literally just you're fighting friction 100% of the path yep yeah and so same thing like for me in a headwind I'm thinking you know when well, judge my pullout timing so that when I do come up into my glide I know that I'm going to lose my speed quicker because of that friction so I need to adjust when I pull out same pull out I always do rip it out there you know I'm in my glide and then that that moment that of turn in is at the same place that I wanted it roll in get that ski turn get my angle early and then from there to to center line I got to get my speed done edge change. And then I guess like in my mind, I might maybe slightly ride the, the whip or the handle slightly yeah. longer in a headwind. Maybe yeah, that's longer, what you're describing. Well, as yeah, like, lo- and then that's, that's what I always like want to make sure people understand longer in terms of time, not space, you know, you're still riding it to the same exact same spot, but it is going to take you longer to get there because of that friction. Yeah, you're exactly right. I'm going to hold on to that handle a little bit longer going out towards that buoy because I know the moment that I come off that the boat's pull, I've now lost any kind of excess power that I could could utilize. And now I'm free of the boat. So if I'm going to be free of the boat and I'm going to have more body friction then my time off the handle to back on the handle in a headwind is going to be shorter. You know, exactly. And, yes. And you're, you're slowing down away. quicker. You're slowing down quicker. Therefore the boat's going to get away from you a little bit quicker. It's, but again, it's the exact same approach. And I think like if like the simplicity of this, it makes it so easy. Cause then like you, you let's throw a crosswind in there. Well, okay. So I have a crosswind quartering from the, from the left side, you know, um, on my opening pass. So I'm like, okay, well essentially that's a headwind on my pullout. Awesome. I'm going to pull out like it's like it's a headwind. Other than that, nothing, you know, or a, or a quartering cross tail, you know, okay, I'm just looking at what, what direction is it going? Is it, is it somewhat in my face or is it somewhat from my, from my back on the pullout itself? And, and then after that, it's just, it's go, you know, and it, so that, that it gets a lot easier then because then, you know, you're not dissecting the pass. Like, okay, I'm going to pull longer into one, three, five, shorter and easier into two, four. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, doesn't need to work that way if you're running the correct lines. I, I totally agree. I mean, I, uh, in a crosswind, I, I mean, I understand the, the, the crazy critical thinking would be that I'm going to start, I'm going to, I'm going to alternate between a headwind mentality and a tailwind yeah. mentality. But the, the, the reality is once you understand what we're talking about, where center line is the key and that, that we need to be, we need to have our speed done by center line. And then all your, all your ever changing really is maybe the, the, how long that you hold on to the handle after the second wake, like as you, yes. as you edge change and you're riding up the boat, like in a headwind, you know, you're going to lose that speed. So you're going to stay on there a split second longer yep. in a tailwind. Do you really need that? No, because you don't want that excess speed. So you're going to, you're going to be a little bit quicker to let go, let the handle go. But you still got to ride that handle up. You can't just come off the second wake and reach and go straight at exactly. the buoy. Exactly, and that, and that's like you know, and we'll we'll come you know go into this on another episode. But but that's like 
that's why everything I, I, in my skiing and the way I'm coaching is everything is, is, is related to your relationship with the boat. So if, if you have a, if you can heighten your sense of where you are in relation to the boat or relation to the pylon, then it's, you know, like into that headwind. Yes. It's longer on the handle. And like, and again, in terms of, in terms of time, but not really in terms of space, I'm still, I'm still trying to get to that, or I'm still going to get to that same high mark. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take, take me longer. And then conversely in, in a tailwind, I'm not going to dump off the handle earlier, but <clears throat> I am going to get to that high spot earlier. So like, you know, just understanding and, 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 and seeing and appreciating where you are in relation to the boat at all times makes the skiing wind like so much less stressful. I can remember, like, I can remember, you know, the approach it, you know, the, even the earlier part of my pro career was just like, so stressful trying to figure out every inch of the course where it's like, no, that's not it, man. It, it, it changes your gate timing and that's it. And like, like, I think, I think you really need to embrace that. Yeah. Or you, or you go out there and you have that, that, that was your game plan or whatever it was. And then you go get worked and then you look and watch eight dudes go out there and just shred it. <laughs> and you, and you, and, and if you don't go home and say, what are they doing that I'm not doing? You know, I mean, I, 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 there's so many things that just popped in my mind. Like a, after every tournament, I go home and I evaluate every round that I skied, what I could have done better, what I did great. Cause I want to, I want to, I want to thank my, you know, not thank myself, but support the good things as well as the bad, you know, and, and then game plan my practice sets around that, you know, like I need to, I need to make whatever I didn't do a bit stronger. Right. So, yeah. you know, so in my mind, like with, with skiing in adverse conditions, number one, you got to have a game plan, man. And so yeah. understanding what you and I are talking about, headwind, tailwind, and uh, technical approaches to that, that's super important, you know? And then like, number two, like, like I watch people that like, they don't have a game plan. So that number one's already off the table. Number two, they look out there, they get totally overwhelmed and then they're not even warmed up and ready to go. So like number two is you got to be, then you got to have a game plan. You got to be warmed up, ready to go, and you need to be calm. Like you don't need to be like you watch all these people panicking and like, what are you going to yeah. do? And, and oh my gosh. And like, guys, just yeah. you find your game plan, you know, Trent, your game plan, it may not be my game plan or, you know, Will Asher's game plan is not my game plan or Freddie Winter or whoever those guys are, you know, like their game plan might be different, but I know, I know, I know myself, I practice and, uh, I practice these situations. And so, you know, I need to be ready, warmed up and I need to be calm. Like I have to be calm. And then number three is the on the water part. Like, and once you get on the water, then you need to be aggressive, confident, and you got to stay in the moment. Like you got to be right there. Like you have to have the shortest memory that's ever been like every bobble that's gone. You're already past that. You're, you're where you are in that moment. How do I get a, you know, how do I do that? And then, yeah, if you, if you're kind of, you know, not where you want to be going into the two ball, you cannot be worried about six ball. Like you like, Oh, I got to have a huge turn. No, I need to make the best turn that I can make. I need to make the best turn that that's I can make. A tough, just, that's such a tough one. And you're so right. That's so hard, man. <laughs> I spent, I spent a year, I spent a year practicing that by saying I'm not allowed to fall in practice. Yeah. I said, yeah. no, I'm not going to blow because I had so many times where I would go to an event. It would be the cut would end up being two at 39 or something. You know, let's say it's two at 39 in, in adverse conditions. And I would fall at two ball because I'm like, I need three. I need four. I need, you know, yeah. I was I was ahead of what I actually needed to do, which was, you know, which was be in the be in the moment and and just do the best I can do at that at that time. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm you know, I didn't have the right game plan. And, and you know. sticking to your game plan, I'm going to like touch on that. Cause like that, that, you know, that comment 
is uh so even watching Moomba, I, I just saw a lot of especially the younger guys doing some some opt ups that you're just like, dude, this is not going to pay off for you, man. Like y- y- you know, and and then I can like I can relate that to the 2011 Worlds for me. I, I went over to Russia skiing incredibly well, um, and then I, I get there and I'm like, okay, it's kind of a weird lake, but it's probably pretty good. I'm going to start at 28 off, and then opt up to 35. That's going to be I want to be, and I'm like. And that made sense to me then because I mean a lack of confidence and 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 you know whatever whatever I might have been thinking. So I, I go twenty eight. I'm like, well, that's cool. I haven't done that in five years. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Come back, run thirty five. Fall around one ball thirty eight. I mean, it, I took myself so out of my zone, so out of my rhythm, so out of my flow. That, I mean, I, in hindsight, I had zero chance. So you, you got to stick to your plan. And that's not saying opting up is never the never the answer, but if that's not in your repertoire, if that's not something you do, like me, I would rather just start at a harder pass. You know, I, I, I rarely opt up. Um, and I've learned that, you know, later step stages of my career. But I mean, on that day at the worlds and <laughs> wherever we were, Dubna, Russia, I mean, I completely, I didn't ski that. It's not, it was not even that I skied bad, even though I ski terrible. It's not even that I skied bad. I just, I didn't give myself a chance. You know, I got out of my game plan. Exactly. Exactly. And then, yeah, that's like, that's, that's kind of the thing. Like you gotta, you gotta have your game plan. So like, in my opinion, I like the way I practice, I practice like it's a tournament every single day. Me too. So one of the things I learned was like at a tournament, I like, I don't, uh, I'm not, a, I'm not subscribing to like stretching before I ski. Like that's not, it didn't work for me. I, 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 yeah. I tried those things, you know, I have a different, I have a different approach. Like I want to be warmed up. I want to be, you know, ready to go. Um, but you got to like, how do you, how do you get to there? I don't know, but like you got, you got to have your game plan. And, yeah. and then when it's, when it's time to go, you got to be ready to go, man. And so yeah. for me, I practice that way uh, every day. So I, you know, I knew in a tournament, like I want to go for a run, not a long run, like under a mile, just, just enough to get my heart rate running, get some blood flowing. You know, uh, I'll do some like quick twitch stuff, like, you know, some high knee jumps, you know, high knees, that kind of thing. Just like, you know, and you see that you see some skiers doing that on the, on the dock. And, and really what yep. that is, is just, it's, it's really just a basic warm up for quick twitch. You know, and that's why I don't I don't run more than uh, three quarters of a mile before I for, as my warm up because I don't want to engage that that slow twitch uh, thing. We're we're in a we're in a quick twitch game, so yeah. you know, and, and you see everybody have their different warm ups, but like, dude, you got to be warmed up, especially if you're gonna go out there and it's gonna be you know it's gonna be uh, game on right from the start, you know, and yeah. and and that mentality should be your mentality when you're skiing at a private lake and it's good to go, you know, like there is no such thing as a warm up pass. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh God, that drives me nuts. Yeah, I know. Like you get to the end of the first pass and you're like, what were you thinking? And they're like, Oh, I was just warming up. And you're like, dude, you missed it. Yep. And then, then, and then like, I think the other thing, you know, probably probably my last piece of advice on on this is, um, I don't, I don't necessarily watch the weather forecast and then seek out shitty, shitty conditions, but you know, just given, you know, my job and, and my schedule, I book ski, my own ski rides, like, like I would book a customer's ski rides. Mm-hmm. And so regardless of the conditions, I ski during my, during, during my, uh, you know, my appointment. So, you know, I, I'm lucky enough that, you know, I, I, I get plenty of 20 mile an hour, um, 
crosswinds and I get plenty of rainy sets and I, and I take advantage of those, you know, you, you know, it, it, and, and again, like I don't, I don't seek them out, but, but just like it was a tournament, here's my set and, and I ski. And I, and I think that's, you know, especially people that live on, on, on perfect lakes. And, um, I think that might be a, you know, a valuable thing to, to employ just, you know, cause it, it, it changes your mindset a little bit. You know, you're not waiting around for the, for the, for the lake to glass off. Yeah, so what if you can't run 41? Like, dude, you, you, mm-hmm. you need to, you need to know how to ski in all conditions. If you are going to be a regionals or national skier, then this is going to happen, man. I mean, we didn't even bring up like rain and some other things that, that yeah. could, can, can, can change the game. But I think that's for another day. But yeah. I mean, like, dude, you, you, you got to have this game plan. You got to practice it in at home. I'm not telling you to go out and run uh, 39 off tailwind in white caps. Like if you're not ready for it, but do I try, do I do that stuff? Yeah, I do. I mean, Um, like last year we had wind every single day. And so (laughs) it's like, I want to run 41. So, you know, for me, once the wind gets a certain strength, like 41 tail isn't really in the book. So I need 41 heads. So yeah, it's, it's basically white capping and I got to run 39 tail. So I better have a game plan and I better go off that dock ready to roll. And, and it might be a 32, 35, 38. And then that made, that set me up for 39 tail. I differ from you because I like to go 32 off to start and then I'll go 32, 38, 39, you know, whatever. But I do that in practice. This is not something that I just practice at a tournament. Like you gotta, you gotta do it in practice. Yeah. That's what Um, second set's for. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Real quick before we get out of here, uh, most, maybe not, it doesn't have to be the best rough water skier of all time, but who, who sticks out in your mind? Um, you know, maybe from our career or from the, the kids out there now who, who, uh, sticks out in your mind is like that guy can get it done when it's rough. Uh, number one, Jamie Beauchene, like, <laughs> yeah, the guy's just such a beast, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it didn't uh, matter. It didn't matter what the, what the, uh, what the conditions were, you know, yeah. it just, he just gets it done you know? yeah and then Gosh. like like currently right now i'm putting my money on t gas yeah he's like, good when it it's gets, crappy man you know you gotta have that base form and he's good when it's crappy how, how about the same to you i, I mean i would go i'd go with either one of those i'm gonna throw um billy Susie in the mix too though because it was almost laughable like it he was probably the only guy who was actually like really hoping it was bad because he, he skied in bad conditions all the time. And, and it, and you know, and it does level the numbers a little bit. So if, you know, through his career, if it was crappy, he was making the finals. That's just kind of, kind of, kind of how it was. So it's, it's amazing. And if you go back people, if you go back and watch Moomba, uh, you're going to see this, you're going to see this, 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 uh, game planning and confidence, play itself yeah. out. I mean, I want to, going back to Nick Adams real quick. I think he, I think he chose the wrong game plan. I mean, I think the guy could, he, he single-handedly could have won Moomba. Um, it, had he, had he gone with a different game plan personally, yeah. in, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. and, and that's, and, and that's, you know, kind of the neat thing too. And like, like you're saying, go back and look at this stuff and then, and then appreciate the fact that, you know, Moomba's tough, man. And I mean, the course record is like three at 41 or something like that, or four at 41. I, and, think, and it's, then, I think it's five now, but I don't understand how these guys are doing it. Doing the same thing at the U S masters. I mean, everyone knows that's not a glamorous site and the record is again, it's like whatever it is four forty one five forty. It's not much different than, then the course record at, again, I would say Okahili Park. Like it, it's baffling, man. So yeah, like like watch that and appreciate that, and, and then and and just watch how 
the guys that are the the Gaspries and, and 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 those guys those guys that are you know um, they're making it look easy because they're not changing their they're not changing their plan they're they're you know they're adapting their gate timing and then they're other than that it's game on for them so I you know we can learn a lot by watching that stuff. Oh, dude. I, I mean, I just, I love talking with you, man. Cause like, I even have like, like there's been on each one of our episodes so far, like there's been moments where you just like blow my mind. I mean, I'm like, I need a little icon that's like, or a little bell. It's like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you just blew my mind. And if you're blowing my mind, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what's going to happen when people hear that, you know, you're just mm-hmm. like, well, I don't know. We're, we're, we're working through it, but we have so much things that we had to do to, to get to that place. So it's fun to share. It's fun to talk. We like, I mean, we just scratch the surface here. We can come back to this another day and have beat this up and, 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 and in a lot of different ways. So all I can tell you is, man, I'm, I'm fired up to ski. I'm ready to uh, hit the water. We're getting warmer here in Utah. We're not on the water yet, but we're getting, we're getting there. So I can't Ah. wait to get out there and see all my homies and, uh, and uh, get after it. It's happening, man. I'm actually headed to the lake right now. So uh, thanks, you guys. We'll catch you next week. All right. We're spray makers. Check us out. Follow us. Uh, subscribe. Do all the, all the goods. Catch you. All that stuff. Later. Later.